Beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. Psalms 1 and verse 3 want us to look at that as we begin. Alright, let's read together. It shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. The leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Let's read it again with gusto. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leave also shall not be there, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I'm going to ask you to read it one more time. Alright? And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruits in the season. His leave also shall not be there, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Proverbs 11 and verse 14. Now, this is not my opening scripture. This is introduction foundation when we get to the opening scripture you will know um proverbs 11 and verse 14 let's look at that let's read together where there is no counsel the people yeah but in the of counselors there is what let's read it again out loud but in the multitude of there is Alright, you may be seated. God bless you. On your way to your seat, high five someone. And say, applique. It's actually applique, but I want to call it applique. So, high five somebody and say, applique. Okay. Applique. Like, okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So good to see all these beautiful faces in church today. We love you. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to chill. Jeez. Can we jeez? Yes, sir. Yes. All right. So we'll just jeez. Just have fun. Manchi. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> all right. Um, I want to start with Psalms 1 and verse 3. Um, put it on the screen, please. Just by way of introduction. Okay, it says, And he shall be like a tree. I almost said tree. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Can you give me from verse 1 so that we just see it in context? From verse 1 and 2, and then take it all the way to verse 3. Blessed is the man who worketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, standing in the way of sinners, sits in the seat of his comfort. Verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate at night, day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. So the one who, who has his trust in the Lord, and that's where we're going to start from, all conversations about marriage and relationships must start with your trust in the Lord. 
even as a married person, you must continue to trust the Lord. For those of you who are going to be married, you must continue to trust the Lord. So it starts with trusting the Lord, but look at the results of trusting the Lord. It says that his fruits, his leaves also shall not wither. Now, um, if you do a research of any kind of leaf whatsoever, there is no leaf on the planet that does not wither. None. So when God says that the one whose trust is in the Lord would be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and will get to a point where your leaf does not wither at all. You know, if you hang around me a lot, you would hear me talk about entering the mind of God and understanding how He thinks. So, in the natural, you will never see any leaf that would never wither. You would never see one. So, if you use the nat natural as a measurement for what is obtainable, you will miss out. Because here God is saying that there is a possibility that a person can be in a space where their leaves never withers. So what it means is that if you trust the Lord for your marriage, for your business, whatever it is, today we are talking about marriage. If you trust the Lord for your marriage, it means that you would be in a space where your marriage continues to be fresh at all times. It starts with trusting the Lord. Your marriage is constantly fresh. If, if God is involved in your marriage, you would Never get to a point where your marriage withers, where things begin to fade and die. When God is the foundation, it's re it remains ever fresh, ever beautiful, ever new. So what it means is that in the presence of God where your marriage is, it's ever blissful, ever youthful, ever blossoming, ever blooming, never dying, never fading away. Now the other thing is, that when you look at, if you, if you go into the autumn season, you would find out that one of the things that characterizes the autumn season is that the leaves are a lot beautiful. I don't know if you can picture orange leaves and all that. Look, look at that spread everywhere. It looks very beautiful, but it's dying. So that something that looks beautiful can actually be in its big. Those leaves are in their final stages of existence, but they look so beautiful. So that if you follow the beauty, you would never realize it's actually beautiful, but it is dying. So you don't measure the beauty of a thing by its beauty. You measure the beauty of a thing by God's involvement in it. Praise the Lord. So a thing can look beautiful, but it's actually dying. But when God is involved, it not only is beautiful, it's alive. And we say amen. amen. So get the Lord to be involved, trust in the Lord. Um, you would be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Your leaves will not wither. And I want to start with that by way of introduction. And then we'll go to the next thing. Proverbs 11 and verse 14. Let's look at that. So it says that um, where there's no counsel, plants fall and all of that. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 4 and verse 14. It says where there's no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So this is the next thing that I'm going to talk about. Um, you have to be sure that what you're getting is counsel. And you have to be sure that it is counselors that are counseling you on the matter. So first of all, it says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Not in the multitude of social media posts. 
not in the multitude of social media influencers, in the multitude of counselors. Now, a counselor does not, a, a person just talking does not qualify to be a counselor. A counselor is somebody who is speaking God's word on the matter. Yes, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, because many people say in the multitude of counselors, let me get myself numerous counselors and I'll be fine. No, you don't just get, social media cannot counsel you on how your marriage should go. Even your friend may not be qualified to counsel you on how your marriage should go. Except there is the word of God in their mouth. Hallelujah. So we've just looked at two things. One is to trust in the Lord. The second thing is to get counsel. But counsel, not just any kind of counsel. Not just counsel from anywhere. Counsel that is of the Lord. In a multitude of counselors, there is safety. Where there is no counsel, the people will fall. So imagine, for example, that a person has started a journey in a particular um, area of their lives and they've never received counsel for it. There's never a conversation about how to be prepared. You know, last week we talked about training, how to be prepared, how to um, re, um, go about it. They never had anybody speaking to their lives in that manner. So it says, where there is no counsel, the people will fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Like I said, you'd have to be sure that the counsel that you're receiving is the revelation of God's word. Okay? So now, let's go get some good counsel. And let's demonstrate that we trust the Lord. Now, as you sit in the service to hear the word of God on an area like this, your marriage and your relationship, it is a demonstration that you don't trust yourself. It's a demonstration that your trust is in the Lord. It's a demonstration, and of course, what you do with the message after you leave this place is also a demonstration of where your trust is. Do you trust what's going on in the environment? Do you trust who is talking on social media? Even if they are popular, but they are not speaking God's mind. Are you going to follow them because they have experience and they are saying something that seems to be reasonable? But if it's not counsel from God's word, it's not a counsel that will bring you safety. Now see the end goal of this counsel. Safety. But there are some counsel that you listen to that will bring you to destruction. Praise the Lord. So let us begin the conversation now. Do you understand the two introductions that I just gave? The first one is that the leaf would forever be fresh. Never wither. Think about it. You know, you, 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 you be in situations where you hear people say things like, well, this marriage, all marriages go stale after a while. It's not true. Your marriage don't have to go stale after a while. Say amen. amen. So your marriage doesn't have to go through wear and tear. And then we get to a point where we can't stand each other anymore. That's not true. If, you, if God is involved in it, it will be forever fresh. And I speak that over you in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And even if your marriage is going through hell and high water right now, by the power of the Holy Ghost, I speak peace and rest yeah. in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Alright, Applique is the episode title and the series has been socks and underwear. Applique is an embellishment added to a garment. It's an ornamental design. An ornamental design that is added to a garment. An applique is an embellishment added to a garment. 
It's an ornamental design that is added to a garment to make it look even more beautiful. So have a picture like this. Imagine that your marriage, marriage itself, is the garment. Alright? And the applique is the mind, the heart, or the picture, or the personality that comes into the marriage. So I want to give you a picture of what I'm talking about. Can you give me those wedding gowns, please? How many of you love wedding gowns? How many of you ladies love wedding gowns? Yeah, love, 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 love. Uh, okay, this is not so clear. Maybe you should give me the other one. Okay, great. So right at the back there is the garment. And what you see here is the applique. So it makes it a lot more beautiful. It makes it a lot more elegant and all of that. So what I'm saying right now is that this is the married framework. Imagine that this, all of this is the married framework. That's the garment. The applique is the two individuals coming into the marriage. That's the applique. What kind of hearts are they coming in with? What kind of mind do they have? What kind of picture do they have about the marriage? Um, where do they see the marriage going? And finally, it is the personalities coming into the marriage that forms the applique. The marriage is like a framework then the personalities form the beauty of the framework. Let me give you an example of what I'm saying so that it will sink better. Any, anybody can marry. Do you understand? But you see two marriages and one marriage looks this way and another marriage looks this way. The two people got married. So the umbrella name is marriage, right? But the outcomes is dependent on the personalities that came into the marriage. Can we say amen? amen? So how they think, how they see, the way their heart works, what they believe, eventually shows up in the marriage. And interestingly, so sometimes people actually attract their kind. You see? So this is what we are talking about today. So, the, you know, and I've always really said that my conversation is not... Us. I don't even know the guy that, or the girl that you're dating right now or that you're married to and I don't want to know. It's you I'm talking to. If you go home with these conversations and you use them for yourself, it would make you a better person going into the relationship. Even if you're married and you're going home today with the things that you have heard, it will make you a better person going home to your wife. Or going home to your husband. Can we say amen? amen? Great. So this is the kind of person that you ought to be in the marriage that you're going into. Alright, let's, let's start with this. Proverbs 19 and verse 22. And you know, I don't just come here to talk. I'm not a motivational speaker. I teach from the word of God revealing Jesus. So that's what you're going to get. If you want inspiration, go to Harvard Business School. I'm not, I'm not a professor. Alright? Great. Let's read together one to go. What desire the man is and a poor man is better than a liar. the second part. <laughs> oh, I don't know where I would But this is what I want you to see. What, let's read it again. What is desired in a man is what? A steadfast love. You, if you look at the King James, it is kindness. So for you men, alright, 
what is what is, what makes you desirable that that word what is to be desired in a man what makes you desirable what makes a lady want to desire you is your kindness kindness is and i'm going to use a lot of hebrew a lot of hebrew today kindness is the word has said it is has said right and it means loving kindness steadfastness so what makes you desirable as a man is your kindness your loving kindness your your steadfastness that's what makes you desirable so the desire of a man this this doesn't put it well it is what makes other people to desire you the, what is desired in a man is steadfast love so all men hearing me it is not your shoe nor your shirt it is not the car that you drive it is steadfast love it is love that is consistent and if you have not received it you can't give it so that's what is desired in a man praise the lord let's look at the next one proverbs same 19 and verse 14 quickly all right let's read it together want to go uh -huh. so, so, so guys what you're looking for in the lady is prudence the hebrew word for prudence is sakab now prudence means wisdom that leads to success that's what prudence is wisdom that leads to success so for the man it is steadfast love that's what makes you desirable for the woman it is prudence it is wisdom that leads to success it is it's called sakal now a lot of ladies um a lot of ladies don't so let, let, let me read it as i put it here so prudence a prudent wife is from the lord it says but a prudent wife you don't find a prudent wife the lord gets you so let me put it like this you don't say i found myself a prudent wife a prudent wife is a gift from the lord that's what we're saying so as you go about your search or whatever you're looking for prudence there has to be something that you are looking for now it is not now everything i'm saying is not secular wisdom i'm not talking about secular wisdom i'm talking about wisdom that mirrors the finished work of jesus christ so for example um you you have the adequate conversation for the situation you're not empty-headed you're not i don't know every time you speak wise counsel comes out of your mouth now the reason why this is important is that the man that you're going to marry is going to is going to need that wisdom he's going to lean on that wisdom all through your life in that relationship so you have to have wisdom you can't be interested, just interest. I mean, just interested in your nails, interested in your eyelashes, interested in your iPhone. On top of all of that, is no prudence at all. I mentioned a bit of it last week, but I'm going to, you know, touch on some more things today. So, what is this? What makes you attractive is your prudence. Let's look at First Samuel 25 and verse three. First Samuel 25 and verse 3. If you're writing down, Sakal is spelled S-A-K-E-L. Sakal. 
Let's read this together. One to go. Now the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife Abigail. And she was a woman of what? Good understanding. That word good understanding is prudence. Is sakal. So you see that, notice, notice first, that it comes first. So she was a woman of what? Good understanding, what first? Then, beautiful countenance. Ma, it doesn't end in how your face looks. It was good understanding first, before a beautiful countenance. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. That is what makes you... So, the new beauty is wisdom. The new beauty is wisdom. The new beauty is not your, is not your lips. The new beauty is not your hips. The new beauty is not fingertips. The new beauty is wisdom. Do you understand? That's the new beauty. Good understanding. You know what that means? Now let me tell you just the background of this. Right? See, you see this Naba? <laughs> he would have died like a chicken in the hands of David. Now when this lady ran out, she ran out to meet David. And she said, she said speaking words of wisdom. She said, you know that you're about to get become king. And you, you don't want blood to be on your hand. I said, telling, reminding him how God used him to, you know, slay, the, slay Goliath. And she was, she was just talking. How God used him to slay Goliath. That, no, 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 you can't, you can't allow blood to be on your hand like that. She spoke with wisdom. There are some women that will come out and meet, and meet David. I say, eh, what? Who are you? Who are you? You're, you're coming to harass me and my husband. And David would have slaughtered both of them as kids. There's wisdom. Good understanding. She knew her way in. She knew her way out. Now, everything that I'm saying, these are the things you should be praying about. When you kneel down to pray for your, oh, the, oh Lord, give me a man that is tall, that is walking in Chevron. Keep quiet. <laughs> These are the things for me as a man, I'm praying, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, help me to have steadfast love. Mm-hmm. And for the lady, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, help me to be prudent. Mm-hmm. I receive prudence in the name of the Lord Jesus. For example, it doesn't make any sense that he will give you 500,000 and say, you know, maybe you should start a business with. And then when you come back, where, maybe three months later, baby, where's the money? <laughs> now, of course, his job is to walk in love. But you know what she just did is very stupid. Prudence. If you give a lady something, she always knows how to multiply it. Prudence. And I'll show you some things, guys. I'll show you some things today that will really, really bless you. Praise the Lord. So, what do, what, guys, ladies, let me ask you, ladies, what do you look out for in the guy? Steadfast love. For example, you're talking to somebody, you guys are talking, and they're talking, and talking. And then, you know, your real you begins to show up. I don't know why people are laughing a lot today. Your real you begins to show up. And then your real, the socks and underwear situation is beginning to show up. And then all of a sudden, the guy won't talk to you for two weeks. There's no steadfast love in that. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. That somebody is angry, is angry, is angry. At most, at most, a couple of hours. At most, at most, maybe seven hours. Guys, there is nothing wrong with you saying I'm sorry. 
Even if you're not at fault. Yes, sir. Look at me. Look at me. I'm going to wrap you your feet. And I should be hearing the lady's voice now. Guys, let me say it again. There is nothing wrong. So if you if you feel a resistance, now if you feel a resistance to what I just said, that's that's proof that you should pray. That's proof you should pray. You don't have to be wrong to say sorry. In fact, there are some guys sitting here, even when you're wrong, you can't say sorry. So how can I be telling her sorry? You know, you now think they will now think I'm a woman rapper. I don't I, there are things I'm not going to go into. I just want to stay focused and teach. When you are right, you can say sorry. When you are wrong, you can still say sorry. Nothing wrong with saying sorry. Absolutely nothing wrong with saying sorry. It is called steadfast love. Now, your own is is not steadfast love. It's steadfast malice. Because they call you to... Why are you tormenting the the dear one? You know what I showed you last week? You're supposed to be giving rest. You're tormenting her. So that silence that you're giving her is torment. I won't talk to her. No, no, I hope you will learn a lesson. Is that how Jesus did not talk to you for you to learn your lesson? And this thing I'm saying, you, there are things that will come up on the inside of you that will want to fight it. You want to fight it with everything. But let me tell you, this is the key. And let me tell you, if you're not willing to do this, don't bother asking anybody else. So, for the ladies, what do you look for in the guy? For the guys, what do you look for in the ladies? Prudence. Wisdom. How many you look at this one and you hear, well, hear sense of, of God? When you look at this one, you be like, man, you are so wise. Look at what he says. He says, a woman of good understanding. Good understanding and beauty. Sweetheart, your beauty will not always prevail over common sense. I don't know what's going on today. So a prudent wife is from the Lord. If you have good understanding, you would lead yourself and 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 the man that you marry to be more generous. Let me give you an example of what I'm saying. The one who, they are, they are saying, if you have wisdom, you have common sense, you will be inspiring your man to give more, to be generous. You too, you're developing yourself as a young lady now. You're developing yourself to help, to be generous, to help. Because that's the way into prosperity. Generosity is the way into prosperity. So, you're not the woman that would say, eh, honey, honey block all of them out <laughs> or when they come to see your husband he says he's not at home he's not at home you are always coming 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 if you came last week you came uh, you're the one once they remember you they know terror is in the house they know let's not go the wife is very ah no i don't want to in fact some of your husband's friends cannot come close because you are terror no 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 if your husband, maybe the in-laws call and they say, well, blah, 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 we need, we need X, Y, Z. It is you that will be reminding your husband that, sweetie, remember, don't forget of person B. Don't forget person that. Because 
you are you are living a life of generosity. You're not the one that will, that will inspire him to be stingy. <laughs> what I'm saying now is very, very, very important. Praise the Lord. And I'll, I'll, of course, I'll, I'll get into it tomorrow. I'll get in my flow. I'm still trying to get myself. Genesis 2, 23 and 24. Genesis 2, 23 and 24. You're on the screen. Let's read together. I want to go. Be to her bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Uh-huh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So you see what Adam says she will be called? She will be called what? No, go back. We'll go to woman. verse 24. She will be called what? Woman. Because she was taken out of what? Man. Okay, I want you to give me the Hebrew word for woman and the Hebrew word for man. Just put it on the screen because I want them to see. Okay. Praise the Lord. Alright, so... The Hebrew word for man that you saw in verse 23, she will be called woman and the man will be called man. The Hebrew word is ish. That word is ish. Alright? And then the Hebrew word for woman is isha. Is isha. Now, the Hebrew reads from right to left. Where's my right? From Right to left, yes, from right to left. So it reads from here like this. Alright? Now please give me, try to take note of these symbols because I want to show you something very important. Now, this is Aleph. This is the man. This is Aleph. There's a Hebrew letter called Aleph. This is Yud. This is Yud. This is Shin. All mixed man. Now, this Yud is God because um, Yud there is Yud He Vav He. That's Yahweh. Yud He Vav He. Alright? That's spelled Yahweh. The spelling of Yahweh is Yud He Vav He. Alright? So this is what? What did I call this? Aleph? Aleph. This is Aleph. This is Yud. Yud is spelled Y U D. Now you know what? Give me the Hebrew letters. All the Hebrew letters. Yeah. Or not this one. Okay, you can leave this one. Leave this one. So, like I said, this is the first time I'm probably doing this, okay? So, the Hebrew reads from left to right. From right to left. Left to right. Right to left. Right to left. Right to left. So, you have the spelling of Yahweh. This is Yahweh. It's yud Hey vav Hey. Hey here is the, the Hebrew letter number five, and it means grace. So, this is yud Hey, Vav, Hey. That's put together Yahweh. Now you can see the Yud here is what you will find in Ish. Take me back to Ish. Great. No, 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 not this. Don't show them quickly. So, this is Aleph, Yud, and Shin. For the woman, it is Aleph, Shin, and hey, this is grace. Wow. So, you have God in the man, youth. You have God in the woman, hey, grace. Now, I must tell you very quickly that this element of grace that you find in this woman is a picture of her original design. Wow. Every woman 
was designed with a high notch of grace. That's the reason why when you hang around them, the ones that have common sense, they they are a lot more intuitive, they know stuff, you know, they have an extra measure of grace that they work with. That's why you see that a woman can inspire a man to go to any length and be anything. In fact, what men have is strength. What women have is intuition. Now, 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 now they can use that intuition. Have you, have you noticed that women, a lot of women have caused wars in history? Yes, it was a woman that was the downfall of the strong Samson. Inspired, inspired him into, you know, into um, his destruction. So that grace, see, see, hey, everybody, see, guys, no matter how strong you are, no matter how strong you are, no matter how strong you are, don't ever mess with the intuition of a woman. She's, she's, she's more intuitive. She may be quiet, but she's more intuitive. As a married man, if you listen to her more, you will succeed. I'll show you. Don't worry, I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll show you. Now, I would rather that some of you guys just keep quiet and listen than shout too much so that it will enter. So, the woman has hey, The man has youth. Okay? This is what makes this lady to be you know, a lot more, she can be quiet, but she's, she, she has intuition. And she, 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 can, she can move things, she can get things to be done. She can inspire things. Now, let me give you another, and I'll, I'll go forward in a bit, just leave that on the screen. When Adam was made and Eve was created out of Adam, the, the original intent of God was, you know, there were two trees in the garden. That's two trees, the, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The original intent of God was that Eve was going to show Adam the tree of life. But Satan came and corrupted it. And then she pointed Adam to the knowledge of good and evil. But it was her pointing that led us to this point. <laughs> so now what I'm saying to you is that a woman can inspire you to great heights and she can also use that, that extra measure of grace for your destruction but of course as believers you know you're learning the right thing that the reason why you're going to a marriage and you're hearing all of this is that you can use your extra measure of grace to build that man up and to set him up forever and we say amen, amen. so there is God in the man there is God in in, there's God in the man, there's God in the woman. Now give me the combination of the God in the man and the God in the woman. I want you to give me that. So the combination of Yud and He is Yah. Now Yah is when you say, for example, you say praise Yah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Halle is praise. Yah is Yahweh. So praise God. So the combination of the youth in the man and the hair in the woman is God. What am I saying? When you, when you have a marriage relationship, both of you's focus must be God. Now listen, God not in the universal sense of God, 
But God in the sense that He revealed His Son, Jesus Christ. It's not just God, God, God. No, it is God mirroring the revelation of Jesus. How He sacrificially gave Jesus up. So if two people are coming into a marriage with the applique of, or applique of my life is centered on God and His generosity. And how beautiful His generosity was towards me and mankind. And she is coming in with my life is centered on God and His generosity towards me and towards mankind. They come together and they build a relationship with God as the foundation. What is God? God revealing Jesus. Because God revealing Jesus is the reason why we are here today. Say Amen. amen. So that's the picture that you must come into that relationship with. Not my own. Her own. My own. Her own. No. God as the foundation. So if you have God as the foundation, you're going to have bliss. But now let's take God away from the picture. So if you remove youth and you remove hay from the equation and you have these two combined, let's see what it's going to give us now. The end result, man without God, woman without God is fire. <laughs> they will burn themselves to ashes. The relationship without God is fire. So those of you who are saying, don't worry, I will marry him, then I will change him. The fire that you've entered, once you take away God from the equation, it is hellfire on earth. And the, the result of that marriage will be ashes. But if you have God at the center of it, the result, that's why I started with trust in the Lord and you'll be like a leaf. You see the, you see the, you see the, yeah, you'll be like a leaf forever, fresh, green. That's because God is the one holding it together. But you go in yourself, in your own strength. The man comes in his own strength. You know, because when the man comes in his own strength, he comes, I'm the man. When the woman comes in her own strength, you know, she comes with the impression of, I'm going to manipulate to get my way with everything I want to, because I know that this man, haha, his hand is aradite. He will never let anything go. So I'm going to manipulate my way to get what I want. It's fire. There will always be misunderstanding. See, you see a relationship where the two people cannot agree that as God has forgiven me, I forgive you. Hey, church, no matter what she did, God forbid, I catch my wife with another man. God forbid. <laughs> loving like Jesus, loving like Jesus, you would have to forgive her. And let me tell you the picture of, you see, everybody is <laughs> The picture of forgiveness that I'm saying is that you would not remind her of it anymore. Because God doesn't remind you of it anymore. You better decide how God treats you before you get married. Otherwise, you will never be able to treat somebody right. So, what's the definition of fire? You're constantly reminding her about how she has failed. How she has failed. How she has failed. You're constantly putting it to her face. You are, it's fire. 
One day that torment will be too much. She will just put a little otapia pia in your <laughs> Say this man has become a torment to my flesh. Just die. Fire, fire that that you both of you cannot see eye to eye. Fire that is coming this way. You carry all your children and go into the room. Because a terrorist has come. You know the reason why you were, you were basing all your decision making on everything else but God. Is that making sense to anybody? Yes, sir. So let's go back to it. says, so, because I just showed you the roots of that word woman and the root of the word man. The, the unifying factor there is God. God revealing His Son, Jesus. So you, you, can't, you, can't, you, can't, you can't have a superpower mentality as you're going into a relationship. He's a Muslim, but I'll change him. She's, 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 um, she's a pagan, but don't worry, my love will convert her. What? You don't do that. Marriage is not rescue mission. If you want to rescue people, go and go and sign up to Red Cross. You don't do that in marriage. In marriage, the person already has a foundation of the love of God in Christ Jesus. And you do too. And that's what makes both of you qualified to be married. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, then the man is Aleph, Yud, and Sheen, and the lady is Aleph, Sheen, and Hey. When you put that together, it gives you God. And if you take God out of the equation, what you get is fire. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Are you being blessed? Hello, church. Are you being blessed? So, now, this is the other thing that I need to help you explain. Men, when God was creating the woman, you were asleep. He put you to bed to create her. Remember, it's woman and man. So, he put you to bed to create her. If, you, if after you have woken up, you have seen something in her that you don't like, Pray to the God who created her. And then go back to bed. I'll say that again. You were sleeping when God created her. That's the reason why we don't understand them. Because we were sleeping. We were sleeping. That's why we were asleep. We woke up and we saw them. You know, as, as intricate, listen, as intricate as they are, we woke up and we saw them. Alright? So now, it only behoves you. Now, this, this thing I'm telling you will save you a lot of stress. Look, I'm not telling you something that I'm not willing to do. Me too. I will go and sleep. Now, but let me explain what I'm saying. Now you've woken up and you've seen that, and there are things that you don't understand. There are things that you don't like. There are things that you don't, you can't comprehend. Go back and pray about it. And rest. Go to bed. 
the Lord who created her. Now, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that you will not nag somebody into transformation. You will not. Hello, men, can you hear me? You know, you will not nag her into transformation. You will love her into transformation. And the only way to love her into transformation is to sleep on her errors. So, scripture says, not taking it, does not consider that love does not, um, um, love covers a multitude of sins. Are you ready? Are you sure you're ready to love? It covers a multitude of sins. 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 Love. So what it means, I told you last week, what it means is that this is a journey of eternal forgiveness that you have to tell yourself from the beginning. How many times, sir, am I going to forgive my wife eternally? She will do one tomorrow, you forgive her. She will do it again, you forgive her. You forgive her eternally. Now you're looking at me and you're saying, hmm, P.O.D. All these things that you're saying now, it's easier said than done. But I ask you a question. Or some of you say, so how is she going to change? How is she going to change? We have to, we have to correct them for them to change. But you, you know you can correct in love. And let go of the matter. But what I'm saying is that if you're asking those questions about how the person is going to change, then the question I need to ask you is, how do you think God is relating with you? The love that covers a multitude of sins, isn't it your sins? Mm-hmm. Hey, church. The love that is covering a multitude of sins, whose sins is it covering? My sins. So say this after me. God is the foundation of my relationship. God is the foundation of my and God is the foundation of my marriage. Can I show you one more thing? Can I show you one more thing? Alright, let me show you one, one more thing. Go to Isaiah 61 and verse 10. Isaiah 61 and verse 10. When God is not at the center of your marriage, what you would have is fire. Isaiah 61 and verse 10. I want you to read this together. I want to go. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord my soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decked himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorned herself with, with what? With her jewels. So the end product here is talking about bridegroom and bride, right? But it says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, and my soul will be joyful in the God of my salvation, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. Now he's saying the individual bride, bridegroom, is clothed with the garments of salvation, and is also covered with the robe of righteousness. So the individual knows that I'm covered with the robe of righteousness, alright? And then for the lady as well, she knows that she's clothed with the garments of salvation and she's covered with the robe of righteousness. Those two, that's what makes you an eligible groom and an eligible bride. The consciousness that 
there I am clothed with salvation. Hey, look at me, because what I'm saying is very important. Clothed with salvation, covered with righteousness. Um, those two things bring you to a place of wholeness that you need to be married. If you go into a relationship with a consciousness of sin, sin in your past, sin in what you have done, sin in blah, 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 you will never be whole to be married. Look at what it says. It says, as a bridegroom decked himself with ornaments. So, for the, for the groom, my ornaments is a consciousness of my salvation and the consciousness of my righteousness. For the bride, it is the consciousness of her salvation, the consciousness of her righteousness. But there's something I want to show you. I want to show you something as well. This is the first time, or this is one of the times that you see bridegroom and bride. You want to see what it means. So, give me what it means in the Hebrew. So, groom is chatan. Bride in the Hebrew is kalah. Put the two words together. <laughs> what, what? No. No. Just give me the other picture. It's chatan kalah. No, boy, if you, if you, do you have it now? The, the one that, this, that speaks of Korah, which is power. When a bride and a groom comes together, yeah, koak. So when you put a bride and a groom together, what it gives you is koak. And that's power. Now let me explain. What that means is that when you bride come into a marriage situation for the consciousness of a salvation, and conscious of, of your righteousness, and the groom does the same, the two have power. The two is power. But now this power is power, is what is used, give me Deuteronomy 8.18, I believe. Deuteronomy 8.18. Deuteronomy 8.18. So the bride and the groom coming together forms power. Now this is the power that is talked about here. Let's read it together. One to go. But thou shalt remember the Lord your God, for it is he that giveth you what? Power to get what? Well, that he may establish his covenant, which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. This word power is koa. And the word is made out of groom and bride. Power. Now, what is the power to do? The power to get what? Well. Now, let me explain what I mean. Man, when you marry your wife, she brings to your home a special measure of, you know what scripture says, find a wife, find a good thing. Yeah. Together, like that, together, you have power to get wealth. Now, this is the reason why in your home, in your marriage, Satan is constantly going to be throwing attacks at you guys to divide you. Because when he divides you and you guys are not together, the result of that is poverty. But when you come together, groom, bride, consciousness of my salvation, consciousness of my righteousness, she comes, consciousness of her salvation, conscious, conscious of her righteousness, Together like that is power. 
And it's not just any kind of power. It's power to get wealth. It's power to make wealth. It's power to be rich. You know how scripture says one will chase a thousand. Two will put ten thousand to flight. It's power to get wealth. So don't joke with it. Don't joke with it. What that means is that no matter the height, because somebody's saying, well, I have our people who are already born, you know, when they, before they got married. No matter the height that man has gotten to, if he joins forces with his, with his bride, they can do more. Yes. Now you see, some of us get to the point where we believe that in, in our conversations, we have arrived. You know, you have a man who is all powerful, he has arrived. No, if he joins forces with that woman and they do things together, they pray together, they strategize together, they plan together, they cooperate together, and they do not allow division to come into that conversation. There is power in that. Severe power, actually. Hello, church. Now, you know, hey, all your ladies, how many of you are going to get married? How many of you are intend to get married? Let me see your hands up. Great. You will strive to keep the peace. You will walk to keep the peace. Put that picture on the screen again. So it's it's power to get wealth. Now Sorry, sorry, stay, stay, stay back with that scripture. Stay back with that scripture. How many of you notice that he gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant with you? So you see that it is wealth, it is our wealth that is the way God establishes that he's in covenant with us. Not poverty. He gives you power to get wealth it is by wealth that he establishes his covenant with you. That would shock the religious mind out of their eye sockets. <laughs> that would shock the, the Facebook writers about the private jets of pastors. It would shock them and cause their eye sockets to fall. It is wealth that establishes God's covenant, not poverty. Wealth. Look at it. You are not holier than God. Sitting there looking at me. You are not holier than God. He says, He is the one who gives you power to get wealth. That by this wealth, you show the world that you are in covenant. Not by poverty. Not by lack. Moving from lack to lack. Not having money to pay school fees. Not having, no, no, no. It's by wealth. And I'm showing you how this wealth comes. This wealth comes by togetherness. So this is what I'm saying. If you are not willing to be together. Now let me tell you what I'm see. There will be things that will try to test your togetherness. There'll be there'll be personality differences. There'll be, you know, all sorts of things that will try to test your togetherness. So what it means, what it means is that if you decide that you're gonna get married, please I beg you in God's name, don't go one night to bed without making peace with your husband or your wife. Don't do it. You're just setting up yourself for failure. Okay, for example, how will you go into something, marry something? Look, let me tell you. You see, now, now nobody's smiling. But pick wedding gates. <laughs> wedding venue. You know, if you read the narrative, it is 
the decorations that are not just the place where you're getting married. Spent 700k to buy your, your wedding dress, you know, and, you know, decorate the hall. Beautiful. I love those things. You can go as far as you want to go. But see everybody's faces. Just looking at me. Now, beauty, what? Now, you see, this generation that is listening to social media a lot, and you're watching all kinds of divorces, everybody's divorcing, everybody's, you know, once, once I can't take it, I block him. Once she can't take it, she blocks, she blocks me. You won't block people in marriage. You will be in that house, blocking where? You are there. So if you're not willing to work together, then maybe you should rethink why are you getting married in the first place? Why are you getting married in the first place? If you're not willing to work together, why are you getting married? If you're not going to forgive quickly, why are you getting married? You know, there are many people whose marriage goal is so that they can finally bear Mrs. Ah, you're in trouble. Mrs. So-and-so. And you know, for many, Mrs. So-and-so is a mark of respect. Now, finally, I can end my That thing ends on your name. <laughs> you, will, you will fight to stay together. Now, listen, let me tell you. Everybody, hey, everybody, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. There is no single person Look, there is an element of marriage. Listen, and listen very carefully. A large percentage of marriage happens by faith. You know why? Even on the day you are making the decision to marry this person, you will not fully know them. So, a lot of the other side of marriage happens by faith. So, you would... So, because some people want to date for eternity until they know the person finish. Say, we will, I will, this guy, I will date you till you become a date. I will know everything first before I get... No. Find out the basic things. Do we match when it comes to our faith? Do we match when it comes to our relationship with Jesus? Do we, have we found our mission? In those conversations, do you understand? And then the next thing is to trust the Lord and have faith and go into the situation. <laughs> but if you are about to make a married decision and you have not listened to conversations like this, maybe you should slow down a little. Praise the Lord. Two of you together is power. Listen, marriage is not the place where you prove a point. Marriage, marriage, no, 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 not in marriage. I want to prove to a point to her. She will finally get it. Not in marriage. Not in marriage. You don't go about proving points in marriage. Hallelujah. Now, you see, what I'm showing you, is this something that will take you back to pray? Yes, sir. Is, it, is this something that will take you back to pray? Yes, sir. Yeah. You see, men say, oh, God. 
We have utterance in the name of Jesus. You know, you know, you know, first of all, as we want to teach like that, we'll be, you, you might feel resistance and stuff. Do you know that there are a lot of people, they've seen the, they've seen the guy, they've seen him, they know where he works, they know where he drives, they have seen the apartment they're going to live in, they have seen their wedding dress, Ladies, talk to me now. You know, I, you know, something happens to a lady when she's planning her wedding. Something happens to her. She is rejuvenated. She is alive. Who will be on my train? No, 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 no. That one cannot be on my train. No, the hair has to be this. This has to be. You know, yeah, the, the, I don't know. Well, hey guys, you know, I, I told you we were sleeping when they created this. Because. Honestly, I will be excited about my wedding. Believe me, I will be very excited about it. But I don't know that my excitement is going to be as much as her own. I don't know. Because I will be thinking, that one is money. Eh, <laughs> yeah, this one. Eh. Yeah. My mind will just be calculating. How much now? How much? How much is it now? Oh hey, she's excited. She's oh, we're going to fit the dress today. We're going to fit the dress today. But guess what? All that energy, all that you know, um, expended energy, but no counsel. Nobody ever told you that you have to work together. That your forgiveness game has to be on 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 fleek. Quick to forgive. Oh, oh, baby, it's okay. You know, that baby must enter everything. <laughs> hey, church, we planned, we planned to use this money for something. And then baby went to go and use it for something else. You know when he comes back, he's not baby anymore. Baby what? Baby what? What? It is at that time. That you will walk in love and forgive them. Because the enemy is going to be after your togetherness to create a rift between both of you. And that rift is going to lead you to poverty. Guys, let me tell you, I am of the opinion that that scripture that says, He that finds a wife has found a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. I believe it strongly. Now listen, if you don't believe that the lady you are about to marry is coming in with that extra level of grace that is going to propel you, move you forward quickly, then do you understand? You probably don't have any business. Praise the Lord. You would listen to her. You would take counsel from her. You'll be instructed by her. You'll be, you'll be advised by her. Men want to be men. They want to... No, my wife cannot be controlling me. She will control you. <laughs> Say amen. <laughs> Let me explain what I mean. Wow. Say amen. <laughs> me. Eh? See, ma, I would love my wife to control me. Let me tell you why I say so. I'm pretty stubborn, you know. Pretty stubborn. 
So I would love a person that can help check my excesses. See, you don't want anybody to control you. Do you understand? They tell you, baby, no, you don't do that. You don't talk like that in public. No, 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 don't talk like that. Sweetie, you have to, like me, I can be very brash. I can be very brash. No, 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 you don't talk like that. And I will not say, no, come short of, I'm the man. <laughs> that's how you'll be man to you, to, that's how you'll be man to you, enter your destruction. I'm the man. Nobody can talk to you, nobody can instruct you, nobody can advise you, nobody can correct you. The marriage is not for you. Now listen, church, whether you like it or not, all the men here, whether you like it or not, they will still control you. You know why I said that? The Bible says, you are the head, Abby. She is the neck down. Hello, church. Is she the neck down or not? So how does the head turn? What controls the head turning? So you, you, you actually, wait, listen, you actually think you're in charge, but she is. She is. A lady who understands what she's doing will give you the impression that you are in charge, but she is actually the one calling you. So you know what she'll do? She'll come and say, hey baby, you know, honey, I, I think you should, you know, she'll just come. She'll come like that, with that, with that side. <laughs> and, and, and ladies, let me tell you this. Can I tell you this for free? Yeah. I think, look, let me tell you, I'm not an expert on relationships, so, so I'm just talking from what I know. <laughs> but now, let me, let me say this, ladies, try as much as possible. It may be difficult. But try as much as possible not to always be angry at the same time with him. Try. And if your anger gets you to the point where you can talk anyhow to him, that's the man that you, you adore as king. You can get angry with one day. You two are very stupid person. Don't do that. I just showed you good I just showed you good understanding. Good understanding. Let me tell you, to that man, to that man, if you behave like that, to that man, you will lose all your essence. See, if he's angry, allow him. Sometimes just even massage his ego. Just talk, just talk, just talk. You know, speak words of life over him. Wash him with the water of the word. You know, dwell, you know, speak life over him. It takes discipline as well. You see, this is beyond wedding dress. You know, so you we're not angry at the same time. You know, just just talk to him. Just just talk to him. Rub, rubbing, rubbing. Massage. 
Then after a few moments, I am telling you, come back and tell him the same thing that you are telling him two, four hours ago. You have his whole attention. If we are constantly looking for, see, marriage is not, like I said, it's not a place where you prove a point. It's not a place where you score points. It's not a place where you always win. There was something I watched that TDJ was saying. Now you will win, but you will walk away. Let me explain. You will win, but he is there, but he's no longer there. The picture is Christ and his church. The picture is always Christ and his church. So you're going to decide, I'm going to walk in love. I'm going to forgive easily. I'm, going, I'm not going to allow anything to break the togetherness. This is the applique. The wedding dress, the wedding or the marriage is empty without these things. Empty without these things. So if the Holy Spirit is one talking to you, we need to tell you to not make peace with her. Or we need to tell her to not make peace with you. I can see people thinking about their lives. You know, thinking. Are you being blessed tonight? Yes. Is this making sense to anybody? Yes. Hallelujah. Let me see if I can chip in one more. Okay, we're out of time. Take me back to Deuteronomy 8 and verse 8. So, what I started with is this is the way to think as you're going into a relationship. This is how to think. Number one, I'm going to trust the Lord. I'm going to trust the Lord. Number two, I'm going to submit myself to godly counsel on the situation. And then I'm going to make the relationship about its foundation, which is God. And God, hello, how many of you, how many of you know God outside of Jesus? Like the revelation of God is His Son, Jesus Christ. So if your relationship is truly based on God, it is to reveal Jesus. And let me tell you what Jesus is. Jesus is unconditional love. I'll give you a final example. You see, the English word, that's why I've been going to the root word and I've been showing you, and you can go do your research and get it. The English word, the English language is so filled with death, like it's so limited in its, in its ability to communicate truth. For example, I want to say I love, you know, somebody. I want to say I love for four things. I love my, I'll use the same word, I love my car, I love my dog. I love my computer and I love my wife. Doesn't common sense tell you that I can't love my wife the way I love my car. For English is limited. You can't there's no other word to use other than love. So it's it's a very limited language in scope. But now if I go to the Greek 
If I go to the Greek word of love, is agape. And agape, you, you don't use that word anyhow if you're not willing to believe by it. Agape is unconditional love. Agape is unconditional love. It's love without conditions. That's what agape is. But you've been saying, I love you, baby. I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> baby, I love you so much. I love you. You think love is passion. Love is not passion. <laughs> Do you understand? Love is sacrifice, actually. Love is not loss. Baby, I love you. Baby, I love you. You've been using the word. But now I'm showing you what it really means. It is unconditional. If you love her, then it has to be unconditional. What it means is that there are no conditions to your love. The day she does well, you love her. The day she doesn't, you still love her. This is what you should be praying. This is the kind of person you ought to be to go into the marriage. So, as you are looking for, look, I'm not telling you not to look for wedding dates. As you are setting the dates, you say, I want to marry at 26. Start, start doing all these other things too. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Start preparing yourself to love unconditionally. Start praying for the person you're going to get married to. You can buy my tapes and buy other tapes. I trust Joseph Prince. You can take his CDs and go and give the person to listen to. In fact, the first day of the date, <laughs> hey baby, we're meeting through. Okay, baby, I came with a CD for you. Go and listen to this thing. Come back. Now, see, you see, what I'm saying may not sound like fun. Let me tell you, church, listen to me. The movies will be there. They'll be there. They'll remain there. New movies will come out next next year. I guess what I'm saying. We will go and see movies. The restaurants are not closing anytime soon. Hmm? Omo Resort is not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. But you know what is necessary for this move? Hey baby, let's decide that we're going to do this thing God's way. Did you see the absence of God that I showed you there? Is what? <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not. But hey, don't some of you have relationships, um, re- relatives whose mind is fire? This guy, Litra, Liqui, They were discussing, discussing, discussing. Next thing. Inferno. Next thing, the guy went into the room, carried all the ladies' stuff from me, four-story building, threw everything down. And maybe some of you have not heard of that. He's even, even his wife too. He threw her down. <laughs> carried his wife from four-story building and threw her down in the rage of anger. <laughs> Say this after me, I walk in love. Now, now, I'm going to close on this note. Everybody, please look up at me. If you listen to this message again, 
get the talking points and begin to pray them into your reality. As a lady, you can spend maybe 30 minutes every day praying that Father in the name of the Lord Jesus. I have prudence. Hey, does God hear all our prayers or not? Yes. Then pray for your husband too. He's somewhere. If you've never met even if you've not met him, he's somewhere. And if you've met him and you're already dating, and you're already dating, start praying for him. That's what to spend your time praying. My husband, now let me tell you, if you're praying for him or you're praying for her, you will fight less if you pray more. Walk in love and it's unconditional love. And don't call me to preach in your wedding. And, and no, this is not a matter. I'm not preaching to, to people who are doing their weddings. You know, you know, see, let me tell you, you know that thing that they do on that wedding day. Honestly, that thing, half the time, these two people are not listening to you. Yeah. Hey, church, are, are we together? Yeah. Half the time. Pastor Abraham, half the time, they're not listening to you. Half the time, they're not listening to you. See, if it's me, half the time, I'm not listening to you. Oh, God, in it! We've been waiting for this to finish, okay? Tonight is the night. Tonight is the All you holy brethren, act as if you don't know what I'm talking about. You think I'm hearing that thing you are saying? I'm waiting for tonight. Kabadego so the time to infuse them with those truths is not on the wedding day. <laughs> they are already married. <laughs> it is before they get to that altar that they should hear this thing. First of all, two things. Also, I'm, I'm thinking of how much I spent. And I'm thinking of the night. The Lord, all this waiting, finally is here. Now, Lord, I can't wait anymore. Pastor, can you make it 25 minutes? What do you mean, tell me? Quickly, Pastor, quickly, Pastor. I can't wait. So this is the time to hear this truth. Prudence for the lady. Steadfast love for the guy. Guys, can I tell you, if you're going to get married, it is up to you. Father, help us in the name of Jesus. Now, everything I'm saying, I'm not saying it in human strength. But you have to know so that the Holy Spirit can help you to walk in it. All of you guys hearing me, the peace of your home is up to you. No matter what she does. The peace of your home is up to you. Hey, 
I'll say this and I'll close. Hello. I'll say this and I'll close. If you can tell your boss, you're a man, you can tell your boss at work, sorry. Even though he's the one that offended, you can tell him sorry. Because you think he's putting food on your table. But you can't go home and tell your wife sorry. That's actually because you don't know that the peace between you and your wife and the profit that comes from that is more than any company can pay you in one year. If you walk in peace and, co and cooperation with her, in six months you can become a billionaire. Or you you quickly say, I'm sorry to your boss. But you forget that your boss doesn't live in your house. So you can't say sorry to your husband or your wife. I know of a I know of a couple, I know of a couple very wealthy, very wealthy. Man is in politics. For years. He carries his car, I'm sorry, he carries his clothes, change of clothes in the boot of his car. I hear what I'm saying. So, boom, boom, boom. He just comes home to just greet everybody, greet his children. Before she is out, his change of clothes is in his car for the day that she's going to, you know. The nearest hotel just change, have a shower, and he's off. How do you want to live that kind of life? Hallelujah. Did this help anybody? Make a decision to be that person. Let me tell you, even me that is talking to you. It's, it's only going to be possible by the grace of God. I have walked with people who have offended me greatly. And then I picked up my phone and decided I was going to tell them I am sorry first. In my mind, I knew they offended me. And while I was typing, I'm sorry, I was like, I wish I don't have to send this for the impression of the Holy Ghost. Send it now. And it will make you look stupid. But it will preserve your peace. Let me tell you, if you try it for the first, it will be easier for the second. By the time you do it for the second, it will be easier for the third. Don't, don't say me. I don't say sorry to anybody. You know, you might have your way now. But wait until, you know, in this world of social media where everybody can do whatever they like. Wait until you're 60 years old, 50, 60 years old, and you have argued and forced and nagged. You nagged yourself being lonely. Now the kids have gone off to school and some of them have gotten married and now you're alone all by yourself. 
at that time, what I'm saying will, will make sense to you. Because the companionship that God is bringing to your life is companionship for every stage of your life. When you start having children, He is there. When you get to your 40s and midlife starts, He is there. When you get to your 60s and all the kids have gone to school and all of them are getting married, they're going off to college and they're getting married, they're doing stuff, you have that companion. Church, marriage is for a lifetime. And I didn't say all of this to scare you. When God created marriage, He created it to be blissful. But take these things I have shared and put them to the garment and you'll have a blissful one. Can we rise to our feet? You've heard certain things that you want to pray about now. It's time for you to begin to pray and speak God's word over yourself. Speak God's word over your situation. Say, Father, in this. I should pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. And say to yourself, Father, I'm a woman of prudence. I'm a man that has steadfast love. Your love is the foundation of my relationships. I walk in love. It's easy to forgive. I do not walk in hatred. I do not walk in malice. I do not walk in bitterness. How many of you are willing to pray some more? I'll just give you a few more minutes to pray. How many of you are in hostels, were in universities, where you were able to select your roommates? Let me see your hands up. You are able to select who you want to be roomies with for the semester. Let me see your hands up. How many of you went a great length to pick the quality of people that you want to be roommates with? Let me see your hands up. Uh, or you just you just <laughs> you just went into any room anyhow. Sometimes we we orchestrate we plan so that all of us can be in the same room together. You know why? Because we flow together, you know, I can I can deal with these people and all of that. Now if you go to great lengths to select your roommates, don't you think that you would need to be guided counsel? To select a life partner. Hello? You need to be guided. Say this after me. Marriage is beautiful. Marriage is sweet. God designed it. Say it after me. God designed it. And God does not design anything that is not beautiful. For you, you can say, my marriage is going to be beautiful. But this is how, this is the kind of person I must be. Hallelujah. Now let me ask you, everything that I showed you just now, is that a picture of how God relates with you? Hey church, talk to me. Everything I showed you right now, is that a picture of how God relates with you? Yeah. So you receive it for yourself deeply, so you can give it freely. I want you to spend some time praying again over yourself and speak words in line with what you've heard. Father, myself and my wife, we will walk together and we will see 
the revelation of your wealth. We will come together. We will, we will not be separatable. Nobody will be able to put discord between us. We will not be able to, be, to walk in discord. We will walk in love. We will be together. I, the bride, I, the groom, with a consciousness of salvation and a consciousness of righteousness. My bride, clothed with righteousness and salvation. We will come together to produce a bond, a bond that is unbreakable, that leads to wealth. Thank you for engaging with us in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hellowatblueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church and on Instagram at The Blueprints Church. Cheers.